Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. It's Garrison Financial Friday. And it's funny, Jared. Ask and you shall receive. I was sitting here right off the, you know, as the intro started playing, I looked at you and I said, wonder if Scott's coming today. And about yeah. right as I ended up saying that sentence, I looked down at my phone and uh, he's not going to be with us today. Oh, darn. As a uh, busy man. This is a busy time of year for sure. You know what? It, it is a busy, yeah. For, it's tax season For already. those guys, yeah, it's starting. It's it's getting there. So, uh, Scott won't be with us Garrison Financial Friday is here. Man, he got, he does it all. Full financial planning. He'll shop the open market to bring the best value on your life insurance and investments. We'll tell you all about uh, what Scott can do for you at Garrison Financial. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address. Go visit him. 124 North Main Street right here in Elk City. It's been a bit of a hectic morning, Jared, so I don't really have our rundown like I normally do. That's all right. We can just talk about food. I can assure you. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> so how was, the, how was the hospitality room? <laughs> uh, no, seriously. We'll talk about that. Uh, all the high school basketball tournaments that happened. You know, we, we kind of discussed a little bit about what, what was happening down at Texas yesterday uh, with uh, as far as Chris Beard. Mm, and isn't that crazy? right after we got off the air, it was announced that uh, he, he had been fired. Dylan Gabriel coming back to Oklahoma uh, to play quarterback through the transfer, not not opting into the transfer portal. What else is there? Oh, the NFL. Did you act? Man, I I didn't get home till about ten. Did you see what the NFL has decided? I know the game isn't going to be replayed between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Yeah, it felt like there was a bunch of weirdness going on there as far as possibility of. I, I'm just not as up to speed as I need to be uh, with all the high school hoop stuff going on. Uh, but maybe even like um, neutral site AFC title game because yeah, the game yeah. isn't going to count. Something about a coin flip with Cincinnati and 
Baltimore for the division or something. I, 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 there was a lot there. I just haven't quite got. It was about ten fifteen. I was reading through those rules, and my brain had already shut down. So I yeah. We'll but try to that figure that out. Possibility of neutral site game. Somebody tell us two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at two two five. Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show: log on to kadsam.com, download the app. <clears throat> the app's got it all: three radio stations, Penny News, brand new edition, the Penny News. It's out there. Pick it up uh, out at your favorite local newsstands. Catch it online: thepennynews.com. Big Elk TV, Paragon TV. We'll tell you all that's going on there. Uh, after the first round games and all these tournaments yesterday, and then the Skinny on Sports podcast is available also kadsam dot com. Good morning, Jared. I'm, how are you? Are you um you ready to get things going? You're going to be busy today, kinda. You're going to be hurry. You're going to be rushed to get where you need to be. Yeah, then have a long time to and do nothing. A, yeah, you can go to Red Rock Canyon. You probably have to work. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to work. Probably have to work. Yeah. Wasn't well, I mean, able. I'm going to need you to uh, be sitting in front of my desk at some point. What time are your games? Hmm. Well, you know, three twenty and four forty. So Perfect. Three, so they're back to back. Three twenty and. So when I get done with the first game, will be about one thirty ish. Two, then that's when I can have you tell me what that number is on my computer. No, oh, no problem. We'll get it for you before you leave. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be possible, Jared. You may be on the air while I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> or I can text it to you. It's real easy. I'll find it for you. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I've seen it. I've, I've, re- I don't know how to find that number. I, I got you. Okay. I got yeah, you. You can dog. text it to me. <laughs> Man, it seems like it's been a whirlwind, right? I mean, you were gone. Yes, you were. You were on site yesterday. Yeah, I was in here, and then we kind of crossed paths as I was leaving for like five minutes, and you uh, had to, to leave head, and yeah. to head over to Hinton. I, was, well, I guess we'll start there at the Hinton Invitational. It's the only bracket I don't have because it's in my stuff, uh, ready to go with the back. But uh, as far as the Elk City teams go, Elkettes beat Burns Flat Deal City uh, sixty-three to thirty-seven. It was a game they started fast. Burns Flat Deal City did a really nice job in the second quarter to kind of stay in touch. I think they ended up scoring 14 second quarter points, including four threes, uh, to be down 12 at halftime. The Elkettes started out like the first 30 to 45 seconds of the third quarter was sluggish, a couple of turnovers. Coach Ham called the timeout, uh, explained to them exactly what wasn't going right, and from there uh, the Elkettes turned it on. An 18-3 to run basically put the game away. Um, there in the first half of the third quarter, all of a sudden three started falling. I think Elk City made a, a, a season high, 11 as a team. Haley Bowie knocked down three of those in the second half, four for the game. She was the only Elkette in double figures with 12, but everybody else was like eight, seven, eight, six. It was, it was balanced scoring. Jill Metter had two threes, a career high for her of six there uh, coming off the bench. And so a good a good workmanlike performance for the Elkettes. They get Fort Cobb Broxton in the semifinals tonight at seven. Big Elk started great. Uh, you know, on Tuesday night they fell behind fourteen nothing down at Anadarko. Yesterday against Christian Heritage, thirteen to four to start. But there's becoming a trend, at least out of the Christmas break, where the Elks are having a hard time finishing quarters. You know, down at, down at Anadarko they would do the work for six minutes, six and a half minutes. 
and then the last minute and a half or so, you know, kind of kind of fall apart, and then all that good work that they had done just evaporated. And that's what we saw in the first quarter yesterday. It was 13-4 with like 2.02 left on the clock when Christian Heritage called a timeout. And then you looked up, and it was 13-12. Uh, Christian Heritage scored eight in a row. That ended up being out out to like a 16 to nothing run uh, for the for the Crusaders. Then Elk City gets down 18 in the third quarter, and next thing you know, with two minutes left, they're down six with the ball, back-to-back possessions to cut it even more. Uh, neither shot would go in, and then Christian Heritage put it away from the free throw line. You know, it's one of those you look at the free throw dispar- disparity. 31 from Christian Heritage, 25 of those in the fourth quarter versus only eight for the Elks. But here's the deal. Don't foul. Yeah. And, and, and you know, trying to keep guys in front of you without reaching. And, and those the fouls in the, in the first quarter and the third quarter don't seem, as, <clears throat> don't seem as important, you know. But the problem is, especially in the second half, when you, when you generate six, five or six fouls in the third quarter – that means the fourth quarter is going to be littered with free throws, especially when you're behind. And Christian Heritage, for the most part, did a good job. They they were 13 of 16, and then all of a sudden missed five in a row. And that's when the Elks got a couple of threes from Dunlap, got back in it, and even on misses, had chances to cut it even further down from six, but just couldn't do it. So the Elk City will play at 12-20 on the boys' side. Consolation against Putnam Heights. Putnam Heights. Never heard of it. Never heard of Putnam Heights. And here's, you know, I think I mentioned this on the broadcast. As the Elks were coming back, I was pulling for a win for Elk City for one reason and one reason only. So you don't I guess have two. this big gap today? That or? Well, and Putnam Heights doesn't have a roster. Okay. It's a homeschool team is the deal. So they don't, they don't even really know who's going to show up from day to day. And I oh, kid you I not, don't know what to say to that. As that I'm is... walking, no, listen. As I'm getting there, this is this is kind of a crazy story. So as I'm pulling up yesterday into the parking lot at Hinton, I'm getting my stuff out of the out of the FJ, and this guy comes walking down. I couldn't tell if it was like a fan or a, or a kid. It was hard. It was kind of a, a mature kid, let's say that. And he's walking out of the gym. He's coming down the steps at Hinton toward the east, like out the east side. And he's like, I just want to play, bro. I just want to be in the game, bro. He's got like, you can tell he's got AirPods or AirPods in his eye. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Did the fan just get kicked out? What? Turns out this guy was a player. Okay. And he started playing, started the game, got mad at something. It immediately stormed off the court, ripped off his jersey, changed clothes, and rolled out of there. Got in his own car and left. I don't know if he got. I don't know what happened to him. He was walking toward the highway. The last time I saw him, and so I I get into the gym. All the people that are you know the ticket booths are right there. Yeah, they're all looking out. The AD uh, Jared Home and he's looking like where'd he go? Where'd he go? And I thought must maybe it was a fan. I was trying to make sure that everything's okay. Well, it turns out no, it was a player. He was trying to make he he didn't know where he's going to go. He's just going to walk back to Oklahoma City. How'd he get there? Well, with the team. And so he got upset. He he took him. He threw himself. He out threw of the himself game. out of the game. He he just walked off the court, walked in the locker room, took off his jersey, put on his street clothes, and hit the hit the exit. That is odd. I've never seen that one. That is odd. <laughs> yeah. To Where, say the where's least. the 
is there was there not an assistant coach that could calm him down? Uh, a, a parent or uh, anybody could go, hey, the head hey, coach, Joey, calm down, relax. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nothing. They just said, I let him go. <laughs> Maybe this was the first time. Anyhow, so that's uh, it's going <laughs> to well, be an interesting. <laughs> Interesting noon start. We'll pick him up over at Sugar Creek Casino. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, hopefully he's 18 and get in there. <laughs> well, don't worry about it. He's sitting over there. Yeah, I have Sonic. no idea. I have no idea what what ended up happening, where, where he ended up. Wow. So, yeah, it was an eventful day at Hinton. What about you out at Merritt? Uh, uh, fun. I mean, I rave about this tournament ever since i saw the bracket um of course canute started things off yesterday took on mangum beat them rather easily 54 to 26 they just continued what they did good over at duke playing really good uh full court defense forced a lot of turnovers at first mangum was able to kind of break that press and then it turned into um throwing the ball away because anticipating that pressure and and then canute took advantage of that um and um got the win jade gray at 13 points at three threes and she actually got in foul trouble early and then so coach riddling set her and um and also coach riddling set um a couple other starters and allowed like mia DeGarmo and kelly thompson to come in and it was a good move because she saw what the score was game was still i mean well from over but you know this is a three-day three-game tournament and you know, trying to keep legs underneath some players and keep them fresh because they got a good one today against Hooker. But um, it, it was a good, it was a good move. And but when Jade Gray came back in, she filled it up with 13, 12 points from Mia Degarmo, who came off the bench. Who's a good shooter? I, I keep telling her you're a good shooter, and she did good. Um, the Canute game was, or the boys was a lot, lot tighter than um, what you think it'd be if you tuned in at halftime. They're leading twenty-two to fifteen, but they're in danger of. Uh, of uh, Moreland going on a 15-2 run in the third quarter, but Jake Butler, who's back from injury and back in the starting line, starting lineup since he injured his hand, uh, he went on a personal seven nothing run, and it cut the lead down. They only trailed it by one point going to the fourth quarter, outscored uh, Moreland seven to five in the fourth quarter, had to win it, um, 38 to 37. But Moreland had two looks at it pretty much at the buzzer and couldn't get it to go in. Canute had multiple opportunities to put that game away. And kids, if you're listening, this is why free throws are important. Canute missed seven free throws in a row with under a minute, maybe oh less gosh. than that. But Canute kept getting the <clears throat> offensive rebound. It was driving uh, Moreland's coach, Tyler Bates, crazy. As he it was should. screaming, get the rebound. <laughs> he was just screaming. And, and that allowed Canute to take a little bit more time off the clock, take a little bit more time off the clock, but they could not put their free throws in. Seven in a row missed. That gave Moreland the opportunity uh, there at the end to, uh, again, a couple shots. They missed a shot, had a putback that, I mean, it set on the rim, and it was 50-50, and it rolled off. It was that close. So, uh, Canute advances, uh, both boys and girls. Girls will take on Hooker, like I mentioned, number nine in Class 2A. Very, I watched a little bit of them take on Moreland. A very good team, um, and uh, the Canute boys will take on Turpin, who defeated Frederick seventy to sixty-five. But Frederick made a run there at the end to kind of close that gap. Turpin was up bigger than what that score indicated. Turpin has some size to him too, so that's going to be a physical game, I think, between Canute and Turpin at four forty. First game, girls three twenty, followed by um, the four forty game. Uh, other games in the Merritt Classic. I'll just stay in the girls bracket with top to bottom. 
Host team Merritt had no problem with Hollis beating them 56-16. to They'll take on Turpin. They uh, easily handled Frederick 57-39. to And um, I mentioned the other games. In the boys' bracket, it was the Hooker boys all over Mangum 70-21. to And the Merritt boys uh, getting by Hollis 48-42. to Yeah, I saw a dunk in that Merritt game. Oh, really? By, uh, I think, Luke Peffer. Really? Is he redheaded? I figured his cousin, or his, I guess it would be his uncle Andy, was showing the video this morning on Facebook. Okay. So I assume that was cool. probably Luke uh, that I didn't stole it and dunked it. Uh, also, it uh, sounded like that was a physical game between Hollis and Merritt there um, last night. Man, I mean, I go back to the football, the small school football teams that yeah. play basketball. You get a different type of brand of basketball. You get a lot of physical basketball moreland's one of those um they a little physical but yeah, it's they, everybody but canute out there yeah and of course hollis and Merritt mm-hmm. play football hollis obviously had a pretty good season and 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 Merritt and um i can see that and i wonder if do the officials go okay these are a couple teams that play football do they call it differently knowing it's going to get a little bit more physical possibly um you know let, let okay they're going to bump each other they're going to get real physical underneath I think it's you see, possible. You see what I'm saying, or or do they? Also, think it depends on who it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and I actually I like that because that's what you're going to see in the playoffs. You know, we we yeah. talk about it every year. As you move along in the playoffs, uh, the referees let let the teams decide the winner a lot more than than what you see maybe see on a, on a random Tuesday night in January. So it's uh it's definitely a little bit different. It cranks up the intensity just right out of the Christmas break. Oil Center Classic up in Woodward. On the girls' side, Arnett, Class B's number eight, had no trouble with the Woodward JV, 80-8. to eight. Arnett wins that one. So they're in the semifinals against Tyrone. Probably the best game, one of the better games in any of these tournaments. I know your boys were a good one. Uh, this one was a 42-39 Tyrone win in overtime over Balco. So that's one semifinal. The other will be Laverne and Leedy. Laverne beat Goodwell 45-30. to 30. The Leedy Lady Bison, slow start, but they ended up uh, pulling away and winning 67-48 over Forgan. On the boys' side, uh, the Leedy Bison, Class B's number four, uh, dispatched of the Woodward JV, 66-39. Their semifinal opponent is Tyrone. Tyrone beat Balco 39-31. Laverne, all over Forgan, 66-36. They will get Goodwell, Class B number eight. It's Goodwell beat Arnett 73 39. So the times of those first game is Arnett and Tyrone on the girls' side at four, followed by Leedy and Tyrone on the boys' side at 5:30. That one will be on Paragon TV. Right after that, the Leedy girls will play at seven against Laverne on Paragon TV. Then the nightcap Laverne and Goodwell up at uh, up at Woodward. The Western Equipment Classic over in Arapahoe. What did I just say? Arapahoe. It was kind of Arapahoe. <laughs> Well, I looked up and I saw Ampo. I put uh, I put okay. Ampo and Arapaho all in the same sentence. Uh, Amper Pocasset, uh, class two A. What are they? Number th- something. I didn't write that one down. Ah, Dad gummit. This is the one I forgot to print off. All right. Ampo beat Cordell sixty to thirteen. Southwest Covenant topped Sayer by a bucket forty to thirty eight. So it was Ampo and Southwest Covenant at three fifty this afternoon. The first semifinal. The other girls semifinal will be Arapaho Butler and Lakeba Sickles. Rappo Butler's beat Snyder 49-27. Lakeba Sickles all over Cheyenne 70-41. What was it? Ampo? 
girls three. I say I knew they were way up there. So twelve Sam, and one. Yeah. Ampo Southwest Covenant at three fifty. Arapo Butler on Paragon TV six thirty. Followed by the Arapo Butler boys. They had a tough one for a one eight matchup, fifty to forty two against Lakeba Sickles. But Arapo Butler does win. The Indians will get Ampo. Zampo beat Snyder 59-44. That's the nightcap at 750. The other semifinal on the boys' side, it didn't find a score, but I did see that Cordell is playing Cheyenne Raiden, which means that means Sarah beat Cheyenne. That's the only way you can figure that out. I mean, that was my deductive reasoning, Jared. When I look up and see Cordell lost to Southwest Covenant and they're going to play Cheyenne, that means Sarah won. I I think you're right. Don't you think? think, Are you comfortable? I I couldn't find a score, but that's what I—that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Sayer and Southwest Covenant will play at five ten, and the boys fifty-eight forty-seven. Oh, where'd you find that at? Rankings. It must have just got put up. I almost text Rich, being like, "Hey, what's the score of your boys' game?" Because that's exactly where I went to look for it, and I could not find it. Where do you go, Jared? Uh, Let's see, Hammond Classic, the Warrior Classic. That's the last one of the day. Da 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 da. Lamega. Class B's number one all over Corn Bible Academy, 83-15. to 15. Sentinel topped Eric 52-32, so that's one semifinal. The other will be Shattuck and Hammond. Shattuck being her own, being her own 65-43, Hammond over Boy City 70-27. to 27. Those are girls' scores. So Lamega Sentinel at 350, Shattuck-Hammond, I think that says 630. Paragon TV, 630. Yeah, that's what that's going to be. Just looking down through the rest of it. Sentinel Class B, number 15 on the boys' side, B, Rap- or, uh, Corn Bible Academy, 77-22. Sentinel and Eric will be the first boys' semifinal. Eric beat Bingeroni 58-50. That's a 5:30 game there on Paragon TV. And then also the last game of the night, Shattuck, the Indians, 49-14 winners over Boys City. They'll get Lomega. Lomega won a shootout against Hammond, 75-52. That's a 750. So, uh, if you're looking for Hammond boys, looks like 1130 maybe. Yeah, 1130 against Boys City. Hammond girls, 630 against Shattuck. Eric, the girls will play at 120. Just having a hard time reading this. And then the boys are in the semifinals at 530. So, there you go. We'll have all this schedules, Paragon TV. There you go. If you're looking for where to watch high school hoops. Or honestly, here's what you do. Just turn it on at 10. <laughs> what, I mean, you're going to find you're, something, you're find something yeah. going on on Paragon TV, Big Elk TV, uh, not only today but also tomorrow as well. Anything uh, – it doesn't really feel like there was any real surprises in any of those tournaments, does no. it? No, no. Not, not. I mean, maybe the the score of the Arapahoe boys game. Yeah, you mentioned that one, but other other than that, that all seems like the seedings kind of all played out. Yeah, it really kind of does. Kind of how we thought they would. Yeah. Good games today, all around, and then of course we've mentioned all week. Gosh, whoever wins Canute Hooker, that you're going to be out on the girls. Uh, if Merritt can win, that's going to be a, a really good matchup. Lomega Hammond still hanging out there as a possibility. Arnett Leedy, Leedy Goodwell. You know, Western Equipment has all kinds of chances with uh, possibly, you know, Arapahoe or Lakiba Sickles against Ampo. That's going to be top 10 teams in their respective classes on the girls' side. Um, yeah, there's going to be lots of good basketball. So if you're bored 
tonight, tomorrow night, looking for something to do. High school hoops go is find everywhere. a tournament. Yeah, just go find one. They're everywhere, and they're going to be full of good games all day today. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, that's the high school hoops. Look at us go. What do you want to talk about next? Oh, boy. Well, we really should try to break down this NFL thing. I've got something pulled up that maybe will help us. Kind of help us kind of map it out for us? I think maybe so. All right. But, of course, it's all going to be voted on today by the owners to ratify anyhow. Yeah. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax legal advice the skinny on sports under the gun skinny on sports garrison financial friday right here on 98.1 fm the sports animal you mentioned that scott is a full financial planner shop the open market to bring the best value on life insurance and investments also here's the deal i know there's a lot of people out there that like to kind of dabble like to to manage things but if you're just not sure how to get started doing that scott can do two things he can either manage your investments for you or if you want to kind of manage it but you just don't know how to get going he can charge you hourly build a plan and then you can manage it from there a really cool feature that he'll do for you also you mentioned tax time it's going to be here before you know it april 15th is coming he likes to work with your accountant and make sure everything is streamlined, tax ramification-wise, your returns, and all of that. So uh, Scott, does he does it all. Uh, Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address. 124 North Main is his physical location. Go visit Scott at SoonerWealth.com. Hey, I know we're about to jump into this NFL stuff, but most importantly, more importantly, update on DeMar Hamlin. Just came about five minutes ago. He is breathing on his own and able to talk after having his breathing tube removed overnight. Fantastic. I'd seen yesterday, you know, we we got the first report while we were on the air, and then it just kept on getting better and better to the point where he was, like, breathing, like, 50% on his own versus the the tube. And, heck, that's obviously even gotten better. It it sounds like, from what they can tell, uh, brain functions are – working normally he's moving his extremities lungs are healing and then yeah now that that's uh, really really good news for uh for demar hamlin still listed to be in critical condition obviously we say it all the time a long road but they are describing it as a remarkable recovery considering this happened monday night <laughs> here it is friday and he's already talking on his own 
Uh, you mentioned the brain function seems to be normal. Uh, that's remarkable. That's a, almost a miracle. Did you see when he woke up? What is uh, he, yeah. he was able to communicate in writing? He won the know first question. Who won the game? And did you see what the doctors told him? Uh, you won the game of life. That's right. <laughs> you won. Also. Uh, a little nugget that came out yesterday: the assistant trainer for the Bills and the the one that was administering the the person administering the CPR, yeah, was from Midwest City, Oklahoma. Oh, really? A 1996 graduate of Midwest City, Oklahoma. Former bomber. Cool. Let's see. Uh, let me find that. Let's see. Very cool. Yeah, Bills assistant athletic trainer. His name is Denny Kellington of Midwest City, Oklahoma, receiving thanks from Bills fans and athletic trainers nationwide after he was cited by Bills players and Sports Illustrated as a hero for administering CPR to DeMar Hamlin after Hamlin collapsed on the field Monday. He's a graduate of Oklahoma State, began his career as an NFL athletic trainer as an intern in 1999. Bills organization says Hamlin is now reportedly awake in ICU, uh, neurologically intact, holding hands with family members. That's some of this. That was from yesterday. But that's, uh, yeah, uh, what was his name again? Denny Kellington. Uh, hero you know that's something that as much as you know everybody wanted to try to start blaming the the league or skip bayless's tweet or whatever about you know the the process of the nfl and, and wanting to get on the nfl for not seemingly going fast enough to cancel that game or whatever the the gripes may have been the one thing you cannot gripe about the nfl and that's having a plan in place and executed flawlessly in the event of one of these life life altering situations. Yeah. They had yeah. that there's they acted without hesitancy and, and that saved his life. Absolutely. You know, and, and you could almost you know, you saw kind of those red hat guys with the red hats a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you, you see the first guy who was obviously more of an orthopedic type guy you know wonder worried about neck i mean it's the first thing you think of right and and all that then you could see those guys get out of my way this isn't you bro this is us yeah this is something totally different than what what you need to be out here for so uh really good reaction really just taking the bull by the horns and like like you said on monday or i guess on tuesday you know every minute in that situation every second in that situation counted yeah. And their swift action and just going and doing has been a huge part in the, the in these reports that are becoming more and more positive as we get further away from Monday night. So yeah. kudos to all those folks. Yeah, Dakota's right. Give that guy the 10-year, $100 million contract. <laughs> True. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm looking at this NFL stuff. So the competition committee came up with some ideas. First off, that, that game will not be resumed. They call it a, a no contest. So that means the Bills and the Bengals are going to end up with 16-game regular season records. Everybody else is going to have 17. You can see the obvious uh, issues with that. And it's funny how a whole bunch of those people that were chiding Skip Bayless – with his insensitivity on the tweet that he had on Monday night, are now upset with the NFL about how they're going to administer these rules. Maybe uh, maybe Skip was right all along. Anyhow. Listen, about <clears throat> that, the timing, horrible. Yeah, was but it, it, well, he was tweeting what everyone was thinking at the time. 
But he also said all of what I just tweeted seems irrelevant now with the injury. It's like yeah. everybody stopped at 110 characters right? and didn't even read the rest of what he said. Yep. <clears throat> and by the way, he was right. It was going to be a mess. And, and But what happened happened, and what that's what needed to happen. I mean, the, that deal was just ridiculous, uh, at the, the vitriol at him. Oh, it's just it, it's just there was no nuance in it's, reading it's any of that. It's the Twitter universe we live That's in. That's exactly it's, right. It's what it is. It's reactionary, boom, and it's it. People were wanting him canceled for the fact they just didn't like the guy, not because of what he tweeted, and they saw that as an opportunity to try to get it to trend and hashtag and whatever. And it was funny reading the comments underneath his underneath his tweet, like you're so insensitive for worrying about the result of a game. It's like you didn't even read what he said. Yeah, they he did. just said the result of this game is irrelevant right. with what's actually going on. It just that stuff just drives me crazy. But anyway, so so that game is done. It's not going to happen, and they're going to have sixteen game records. So it matters for a multitude of reasons. One, the Bills now, who hold a win over Kansas City cannot overtake the Chiefs in the win percentage. They can't get there because 14 and 3 will have a better winning percentage than 13 and 3. Right. So Kansas City is now in the driver's seat, a win against the Raiders and they are the number 1 seed. Cincinnati if that game would have finished in their favor, would have wins over both the Bills and the Chiefs. So that's taken away from them. Best they can finish is 12-4. and four. So here was the scenarios that, were, that the, uh, the, the competition committee of the NFL came up with. This has to be ratified with a vote today, 24 of the 32. So three-fourths majority have to go along with this for this to be the plan that's in place. So, and they and they all have caveats. So, like, if the Chiefs win and the Bills lose this week, this doesn't matter. But if both the Bills and the Chiefs, either, they either both win or tie this week, which would have created the tiebreaker scenario with the Bills win that they're not able to, to finish against Cincinnati. All right, yeah. So if if that if the Bills and Kansas City both win or tie this week and they end up in the AFC title game against each other, the idea is that will be played at a neutral site. Which not, is, it's wild. Not giving either the advantage because, you know, it, it right now Kansas City would be the one seed. So they they are going to get the benefit of the bye if they beat the Raiders. There's nothing you can do about that. I actually had seen some uh, tweets yesterday that maybe they were thinking about adding an eighth playoff team to both to take away, which, of course, I the think, NFC is going, Sh- the NFC is going, what? Yeah, I think Schefter debunked that already. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's not happening right. for sure. But that yeah. was that was one of the things that was floated around in the competition committee um, as they were discussing what to do. So if Bills, Chiefs both win or tie and they end up in the title game of the AFC playoffs, that's going to be at a neutral site if this all gets ratified today. Okay, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore beats Cincinnati, 
still would have created the tie between those two teams, the championship game will still be at a neutral site. Okay? So basically, with those, those two scenarios are creating a two-way tie between Buffalo and Kansas City. It's going to be at a neutral site. Now, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, which would have created a three-way tie, which Cincinnati would have won the tiebreaker if they beat the you know if they were allowed to beat you know if that game finishes they beat the Bills they've already beat Kansas City. Then who then if it's Bills Bengals whichever one, and the Chiefs in the AFC title game, that game will be at a neutral site. So essentially, if if the teams win Buffalo Kansas City and and, C, and Cincinnati. No, no, not Cincinnati. Buffalo and Kansas City. If they both win and they both play and they play each other in the AFC title game, it's going to be at a neutral site if this is ratified. If Buffalo and Kansas City lose this week and Cincinnati wins, then if it, if it ends up being Kansas City versus Bills or Bengals, that game's going to be at a neutral site. That all kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm dizzy, but I trust what you said. <laughs> Neutral site, like where would that be? They don't know yet. That has not been determined. Now, here's where it gets weird. Probably don't cross that bridge till we get there. That's right. I mean, and this is all, the, the all these scenarios have to happen in order for this stuff to, to change what it really is. If Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses this week, Arrowhead is the host, period, end of story, because there wouldn't have had a chance to be a tie. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the wild stuff, <clears throat> if that wasn't. Baltimore and Cincinnati play this week. And Baltimore, if they win, it creates kind of a tie, (laughs) sort of, in the AFC North. And so if Baltimore wins and beats, obviously, beats Cincinnati. And if those two teams are matched up against each other with the seeding, however the seeding goes, there will be a coin flip to determine who hosts that game. At a truck stop? At, <laughs> uh, somewhere off Route 9? I mean, what? <laughs> if Cincinnati wins, or even if Baltimore wins and they're not going to play each other, that coin flip goes away. I, for one, am rooting for the coin flip. <laughs> I think I am too. <laughs> and the, the, you know, it's kind of weird for the for the uh, Ravens. It'd be the most watched NFL event all season long. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> like, so the Ravens have already beat Cincinnati. So it's kind of a, you know, people are going to think, God, oh, poor Cincinnati didn't get to finish that game. Well, what if they'd have lost? Then the Ravens would have been the AFC North champs. So yeah, I'm rooting for a Baltimore Raven win. And then those two teams matched up to play each other. That way we can see a coin flip for hosting an NFL playoff game. Insane. So that's kind of where it's at. Um, you know, nobody's saying anything bad. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the truth this is the is, best of a bad situation. Yeah, you know, I mean, bad situation forced this, and they're just making the best of it. It's hard to, and I get. The vitriol and everyone upset. Well, we can't do it like that. Listen, 
the grand scheme of things, this was forced upon the front office and the commissioner. They had to try to find the best way to keep this as fair as possible. The truth is, as soon as that game was was canceled on Monday night, something like this had to happen. Yeah. Because that game was not going to be finished. Because, you know, we had talked about moving things back a week. Well, you can't – I guess what they really could have done is played this week normal – play that game and move wild card weekend back right because you can't really move the whole week back you know we were talking about moving the whole week back well you almost had to have done it the other way if you're going to do it and just have one game and maybe even the nfc play i mean what do you do starting the playoffs at different times and then you know does the nfc get that advantage um with an extra week for the super bowl if they play the schedule they were going to you know it there was a Listen, there was never going to be a there was never going to be a solution that was going to make everybody happy. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's just this is just the way it's going to be. I guess I, I don't know if they don't ratify this, they go back to the drawing board. I don't know what. Well, they I do. kept going back in my mind, in in, and I forgot that there's been twice in the NFL's history where games have been canceled or, or postponed or interrupted, and that was the nine eleven year. And of course, the COVID year. And so I'm thinking, okay, you got precedent. You got stuff to go back and look at. Like, how did we do it then? Can we apply that now? You know, and if this is not ratified, I'm sure they'll go back. Okay, well, back to the drawing board. We had, I guess, COVID year, I think the number was 15 games <laughs> that were postponed or moved. And, right. you know, they, they made it work. So, I mean, they're, they got something to fall back on to, to look at. Go, well, how did we do it then? You know, and, and maybe. How do we do it then, and what can we learn from that and make it better? Like, how do we, uh, you know, make it a better, more fair situation for everybody? <laughs> Gabe just had to sound like the Speaker of the House processed elected new Speaker. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> All that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting, the COVID stuff, though, because there is precedent. The thi- it, And what's, what's crazy about it is, in this situation, as far as if, if you just want to talk about the competitive balance of that game – it's way more competitive, competitively balanced now than it ever was during COVID. I mean, think about some of those games we saw on a Tuesday or a Wednesday that COVID year. You'd have a receiver playing quarterback and crap like that. Yeah. Where, you know, the whole room was – the quarterback room was out and some guy that might have been a high school quarterback that just happened to be your punt returner was out there having to play quarterback in an NFL game. I mean, I think the Broncos suffered that fate one time. Where yeah, they, some they, guy that yeah. you never heard of, literally well, never a, heard a of. a situation where a game was like postponed twice, they played it on a Tuesday I afternoon. I think it was Ravens and Washington, yeah, maybe. and then someone had to play like on a Thursday or something, like a Thursday night game. I think it was like a Monday and a Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a, but what, you know, they were determined, like, we're not going to let this interrupt our season. We're going to make it happen. Right. And they got all those games in somehow. And I guess kind of the difference – here's what I wonder, Jared. I wonder what would have happened. Let's say this month, Let's say this game between Cincinnati and Buffalo was at noon on Sunday instead of Monday night. Okay. Does the whole league shut down? Is it kind of like the scene we saw in Oklahoma City back in March of 2020? You brought that up. That's what Monday night felt like. 
didn't it? It kind of felt like like except I was for it was the only was game just, in town. Yeah, That's I the know, only difference. But I'm settling in, and I'm like, all right, it's a good, good game. Oh, we got an injury, and then this uh, this uncertainty, and I had that same feeling. Like, what are they gonna do here? And then I, my phone started blowing up. Like, and it was eerily similar to that day. What was that? April twentieth. It was like March something. Yeah, or March thirteenth or something. It was. Well, I can tell you when it was. It was what the. It was like the Tuesday Tuesday after, after the state tournament. Yeah. I sat down, I was getting comfortable mm-hmm. watching that, and then all that. My phone started blowing up. They're about to cancel this game. They're about to cancel this game. Like, whatever. Same thing Monday night. I'm like, really? And I'll- rightfully so. They should have. But it had that feeling. But you make a good point. What if did that, that happened on well, high noon on here, Sunday? Here's why I wonder if, if they would have had Or the- they played Saturday. What if it happened on Saturday? Yeah, well, yeah, it would have to have been the first. I guess it would have had – because there couldn't be games finished. So I guess it would have, yeah, because there was two Saturday games or whatever. So it would have had to been on on the Saturday game. What if, what if it was the standalone Saturday game, first game of the day? Yeah, yeah. That we saw that that it would have made. Here's the deal: it makes the, it makes this, a lot cleaner. Because yeah. then they it, instead the of being league. the last game, yeah. and everybody else played and they didn't, everybody else wouldn't have got to play. I, I wonder what would have happened there. I wonder if they'd have had that presence of mind. And that foresight to to do that, or if it w- or if we'd still be in the same boat that we are right now with the one game that's not finished and the other games were. Here's the thing: I think this is what I think would have happened because it was an injury and not like the unknown of COVID. Right? I think they play. I think they would have played. I think there would have been rumblings throughout the league, like something happened in Cincinnati. But the players who are on the field, they're still playing. They're not scoreboard watching. You know, they're not going. They can't check. Twitter yeah, but if it's Saturday, game. but if it's Saturday, but if it's, Saturday, it's the only yeah, game yeah, happening. Yeah, I you know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I said I was going with the scenario of noon, noon on, on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, no, no, no. I think if it's noon on Sunday, I think they have a hard time canceling all those other games because they were already in the what midway through the first quarter. Yeah, eight minutes in the left in the first. And quarter. we saw, you know, even that night, the, the COVID night in Oklahoma City. There were there were some games that finished, yeah. And how eerie was that when everybody in the stands, and probably by that time, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, everybody involved had an inkling of what was going on and what was about to happen. Yet you're finishing a game that at that point probably feels pretty damn meaningless. Yeah, knowing that we're about to shut this deal down. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's just a. NFL is trying to make the best of what is a, what is a bad situation, as far as the scheduling goes. But as you mentioned earlier, what is turning into a, a positive situation with Demar Hamlin and his recovery has been immense over the last few days. And then you know something I don't know if we've even mentioned yet when we've talked about this. But what about the uh, the GoFundMe and the toy drive? Oh, that's and, and awesome! The, the going, he, he was trying to get twenty five hundred, and yesterday afternoon it was over seven million. That's awesome. Just people wanting to help, you know. Believe it or not, there are good people out there. Yeah, and you know, in this world where we where we mention Twitter and what we see, all that cesspool of comments and and all of that, and, and of course this how we live our lives politically now and how that has divided everything. But there are good people out there, and Isn't believe it or not, there are more Christians out there than what people like to lead on. To that's what I was about to say because a whole bunch of people that had their uh, prayer hands up and let's pray for Demar Hamlin uh, ought to ought to go ahead and see what happened. In maybe not take a, a tragedy like this for that to be the case, and and another guy that was a superstar on ESPN in this regard, 
How about Dan Orlovsky? Yeah. It takes on that network with the way that those people believe. It takes a or they uh, appear to believe. I think everyone's so scared to really profess that yeah, what they really them, believe. I'm in. talking about the I'm talking about up the right, higher ups and the way that, that that network is allowed to run. You can't you, you can't be on the side of some of the things that they're the brass at ESPN are clearly on the side of, and uh, you know and think that what Dan Orlovsky is, did was good, but a whole bunch of people out there did. And that was uh, kudos to him for praying on the air. Yes. Very nice. All right. We'll come back, wrap it up with something here on a Garrison Financial Friday. Maybe I can read this story that Tyler sent me about the vicious circle of Lincoln Riley. Ha! We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Now we're back! We are back. Wrapping up a Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Sports Animal. You heard it on the ad right there. Tomorrow, I can promise you, 1 o'clock, Sayre National, they'll be playing the Saturday Scramble. It's supposed to be 50 degrees, sunny, bundle up a little bit. They'll be out there, I can assure you that. Scott at SoonerWealth.com. Scott Garrison down at Garrison Financial, full financial planning. He'll shop the open market, bring you the best value on your life insurance and your investments. Visit him at 124 North Main, also in Elk City. Okay, Jared. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the Western Oklahoma Realty Bowl Mania, the possibilities on Monday. Okay. But uh, Tyler sent me a couple of things this morning. This is an interesting question. I'd like to hear your thoughts and the text line's thoughts on this one right here. If TCU wins Monday night, it is the most improbable national championship in college football since who? Uh, Two thousand Oklahoma. They were ranked though to start the year. TCU didn't. They were a heavy dog against Florida State, like eleven and a half. Yeah, close to what it is right now. TCU did not find themselves in the poll until the first poll in October. I was trying to go back through my when I read this. I mean, that's improbable. If we're going to go back to the history, I mean, yeah, here's one. Colorado back in the 90s. But here's the thing about Colorado. They were building toward this. 
Yeah. Because if memory serves, did Colorado not play Notre Dame two years in a row in the Orange Bowl? I'd have to look Notre Dame. Like, no, Notre Dame played. Uh, no, they played West Virginia to win the title. That's not right. Colorado might have played in the Orange Bowl twice in a row, but it wasn't against Notre Dame. That one's up there. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. I, I was about to say Georgia Tech. Was it 90? The year before 91? Before Colorado? Georgia. I don't know what. I would have to look at like what preseason rankings they were. What what was color was it not Colorado and Georgia Tech sharing? What happened? I can't golly, I used to know these by off the top of my head. When we get more into the modern like BCS era and beyond. You know, Oklahoma's up there. Eighty five was OU, eighty six was Penn State, eighty seven was Miami, eighty eight was Notre Dame, eighty nine was Miami, ninety or was it Georgia Tech? <clears throat> was it Georgia Tech and Washington in '91? Colorado by themselves in '90 or '89? Man, I'm, I'm, I used to know these by heart of the AP National Champions. <laughs> what about? I mean, do we have to go? Do we have to go clear back to BYU? That's a good one. In 1984. That's a good one. Usually those ones that you talk about for years are the improbable ones, right? Like when Alabama's winning a national title, it's like, huh, well, they were the favorite. Everyone expects them to win mm-hmm. year in, year out. Now same could be said about Georgia. Clemson, maybe. That shine's kind of losing its luster. But when a, when a team like a TCU this year and – I mentioned Oklahoma when they were what they were last year and or the year before in '99, which they were kind of had that perception of you know they're kind of coming back. But I don't think anyone expected them to make that run that they did in 2000. They thought, oh well, that's a nice story. I mean, it feels the same. Nice story, TCU. You got to the national title game. Now you get this juggernaut called Georgia. Same thing was kind of felt about OU and oh, nice story, OU. Mm-hmm. This is a great season, magical year, red October, awesome stuff. You storm the field against Nebraska. Now you get Florida State and Chris Winkie and Snoop Menace and those in that crew. Did Snoop Menace even play that game? No, he was no, suspended. He, he got, yeah, but my point is, and then they go and win it. So if TCU is able to pull this off, it kind of has that same feeling. But they didn't have any kind of momentum like coming out for last year. That new coach, five and seven, five and seven, fired their coach. Okay, here's what it is. Washington share Washington won the coaches poll in in ninety one, while Miami won the AP, and then Colorado Georgia Tech was ninety. Colorado was the AP champs. Here's a good one from Joe. Miami in eighty three. Miami of eighty three with Schnellenberger beating Nebraska when Tom Osborne went for the win instead of the tie. That's a good one. That predates BYU in '84, or it's you know right, it's right there at the same time. Yeah, I, gosh, probably OU in 2000. I mean, yeah, there was a little momentum, but nobody was going into that season thinking Oklahoma was. I mean, you mentioned the cute story. Hell, that started after they beat Texas. 
Oh, yeah, you beat Texas. Maybe they weren't as good as you thought. Now go up and beat Kansas State in Manhattan. Yeah, right. Oh, my. And they they squeaked by it, you know. Dominated until they didn't. Right. Like, and then, oh, of course, Nebraska, Nebraska. there in, in Norman. Oh, you got down two touchdowns. But, the, oh, well, this team just finds ways to win. Still kind of a cute story. But then they. <laughs> we're getting, uh, on the text line, we're getting uh, wagers on a possible Lomega Hammond game. Oh, I'm not touching that. I'm not betting on high school kids. Yeah, we can't. Not do on that. air. Not on the air. <laughs> Should have been a text. I'm not to the phone. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, is this a bookie or something? <laughs> Trying to get a number on this. They got games today. They need to worry about. Interesting. Not a lot of faith in Lady Warriors over here on the on the text line. O two Ohio State. Because of the, I mean, going into that game, did anybody really think Ohio State was going to beat that Miami? No. But And the way they squeak by them. Here's the difference, though, for OU and Ohio State. They're blue blood programs. Exactly. So are you ever really shocked when they win? That's when you go back to a Georgia Tech, a Colorado. BYU. BYU. Yeah. And Miami starting that run. Yeah. That's you know. a good point. It's Ohio State, so no one was – are you no ever one was really shocked. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, the Buckeyes. Well, it's the Buckeyes. Like the Buckeyes almost took down Georgia. Was anyone going to go crazy to think? Well, we said it before. It's like, <laughs> there's the Buckeyes, and they're at a four seed. Yeah. And Jim was going crazy about how they felt. He felt like Georgia got screwed because they put put him against the Buckeyes. Yeah. yeah, that's the first thing he said that Monday after the was. They really have to play Ohio State instead of TCU. That's your reward for going yeah. undefeated, defending national title. All right, I got to get out of here. As yes, much as I want to keep on talking about this, we can move it to Friday or to Monday. Yep. No gym on Monday, so we'll have a lot of time there at Sarah National. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball. Thank you to Scott Garrison at Garrison Financial. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.